Well, that, of course, was uh, The Circle of Life. And uh, it's all about the lion, that show. And I think there's an opportunity to have the same view of a venue on the road from Melbourne to Adelaide, near to Adelaide, actually. And it's a stop you might want to make if you're travelling there at this time of year with the kids. And uh, about an hour before Adelaide, they've developed the largest safari park outside of Africa. Monato is part of Zoos South Australia, and it's heavily involved in global efforts to conserve endangered species. But in a, an unusual twist, maybe a cruel twist, they've created a special exhibit called Lions 360, where you can enter a tunnel and you emerge in the cage with the lions on the outside looking in at you through the bars. So you're caged and they're free, but it's all perfectly safe, as I was assured by the director of Monato Safari Park, Peter Clark. Well, Peter, welcome to Travel Writers Radio. We, we met uh, in the first quarter of this year when I attended Destinations SA, and you gave a presentation at the Adelaide Zoo in a lovely uh, restaurant that you've got there. Um, about some of the work you're doing at Monato. So we didn't get taken out to Monato, but uh, people who are listening may not know there's another zoo in Adelaide, apart from the city one. Uh, tell us a little bit about Monato Zoo and uh, how long it's been there and how long you've been involved with it. Okay. Well, Monato Safari Park, uh, formerly Monato Zoo, is one of two zoos operated by Zoo South Australia. Uh, and it sits about an hour east of Adelaide, just before you get to Murray Bridge. It's a very large, open range, um, open range style uh, of zoo, um, and it's about fifteen hundred and fifty hectares. So, one of the larger area zoos in the world, actually. Certainly, the largest in um, in Australia and New Zealand. Um, and the focus there, at, or here at Monado, is on both African and Australian animals. And this wow. sort of compares a bit to Adelaide, which is more on uh, Asian and Australian animals. So, yeah, it's a different concept. Uh, everything's really open. We have, you know, very lar large areas. We have less species of animals, but more numbers of them. So you'll see them as herds or clans or prides or... You know, uh, you know, groups, large groups of animals, probably a bit more the the, the way you would see them in the wild. Right, right. And what what um, profession do you, did you start off um, working at a zoo, or you, are you a pilot? No, what, what's your no, background to do this job? My background is actually in agriculture. I went to Roseworthy. Oh, okay. Uh, college so you could have been and making uh, wine. Uh, well, yes, it's. Uh, I could have, but uh, no, I chose to go up to Papua New Guinea for, um, well, what was going to be just a, a brief session with its time with the Australian government uh, yeah. um, as an agricultural advisor, but uh, I ended up staying up there for a long time. Um, I came down, well, probably nearly 30 years, actually. And, uh, <coughs> yes, and so I came down to... Um, South Australia in 2000, the year 2003, I think it was, and um, as the first curator here at Monado Zoo. So I've been here about 20 years now and, uh, yeah, loved every minute of it. Now, I, I remember the zoo from travels that I made with my family driving to Adelaide because it it's sort of near Murray Bridge, which is on the way into Adelaide from, from Victoria. Um, it used to be 
wife. Uh, to me, I remember it as being reasonably small. Have you enlarged it, or was it always as big as it is? Uh, well, it was originally a thousand hectares, and that was it was left over. Yeah, it was left over land from the, um, I guess, the failed uh, Monato city, the city of Monato concept from the Donald uh, Don Dunstan days, I suppose, and okay. uh, ended up as the bit of a legacy that uh, Zoo South Australia uh, were given the land as mainly in those days as an adjustment area for larger animals that were bred and, uh, born and bred in uh, Adelaide Zoo. Right. And it wasn't until, that was in 1983. In 93, they opened it for some uh, people, some visitors, and then in 97, it became open full-time. And I got here in 2003, and it's uh, grown quite a bit since then, including uh, the acquisition of another 550 hectares, which is now going to be a new Wild Africa project, uh, a very, very large safari experience. In fact, we, we believe the largest outside of Africa. Now, you're just back from Africa, aren't you? Was that a bit of a research trip as to what uh, you might do? Actually, it was, uh, it was a combination. It was a holiday, and also I did a little bit of work for the zoo while I was there because we worked with some conservation partners over there as well um, that we have been assisting for many years. In, and so this, these particular people were in South Africa. That was one of the places I visited when I was uh, there. Well, what, mm. a great, what a great place to visit if that's the business you're in. <laughs> it um, is. Now, Peter, uh, I've been told by one of my journalists who visited your facility there that you've got a, a, an unusual twist on uh, your lion Enclosure, although well, I mean, whether enclosure is the correct word, tell us what you've done a bit differently with the lions out there. Yeah, well, the lions have a habitat of about or nearly thirty acres, um, and so they have a, a very big art, uh, area to roam in. But uh, it was sometimes uh, we've got a bus that go, you know, the bus tour goes through there, so you can see them quite close. But we wanted to do something a little bit uh, closer than that, so. And the other thing that uh, had been we'd been thinking about for some time was the idea of um, people being <laughs> on exhibit rather than the animals. So we built a tunnel into their habitat and uh, opened up at the other end. Uh, we've got some obviously some safety mesh and stuff there, but um, people go in through the tunnel, come out there, and there's the lions all over you. They're on the roof uh, looking in you. They're on the sides. And um, you become the experience for them as well. So they love coming over. They're very curious. They they like uh, getting close to people. And, uh, yeah, it makes for a very uh, thrilling, exciting and, uh, yeah, really good experience. So how open to them is it? Has it got glass between – I assume well, there are bars, but is there anything else? Well, there's there's actually a sort of a mesh barrier uh, there is one area of glass, um, and general and normally uh, we have a vehicle there to a sort of a safari vehicle which kids can go into, and uh, it's got armoured glass on it, and uh, it's been strengthened and everything. But uh, we've just had a doing a bit of maintenance on it at the moment, so we've taken it off, and uh, we'll be putting it back on in a while. But that's where kids can get within sort of half an inch of a of a lion looking at them. Um, so yes, it is. It is pretty exciting, but most of it's open. Um, the tunnel, of course, is not. It's, uh, but uh, yeah, we've even got a little um, area for uh, 
catering in there as well. So, you know, for people that want to use it for special occasions, etc. So, so yeah. a corporate group could have a meeting there. <laughs> I suppose they could. Um, I hadn't thought about it for meetings, but we do think about it. I mean, for example, we have some very nice facilities in our new visitor centre, uh, but um, a corporate group could actually, uh, you know, have the meeting there and then go there for the experience and have a, have a few drinks there so too or something if they wanted to. Better achieve yeah. their sales uh, figures or you might <laughs> open the glass. That's right. Yeah. No, uh, it's 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 really good. It's uh, it's a fun thing to do. That's for sure. Is anyone else doing it anywhere else in the world? It sounds a bit unique. Uh, no, there was um, there's there's a few other experiences with lions um, around. I think one in Bali's got a sort of glass windows in you know looking at lions. There's right. um, there's one in New Zealand. I think that people go in the back of a truck. But no, this is uh, it was well certainly it was different when we designed it, and I don't know of any others like it. So, yeah, it could be unique. And mm. you're happy to reassure the customer that that um, no none have been lost. Not that we know of. No, <laughs> okay. um, no, we're pretty sure that everybody's come back unscathed from that. Yeah, well, that's actually um, I love it. It's a great twist on. Yeah, well, some people things. actually go and feed the animals as well. So oh. and feed them. Yeah, but we have a. Supervision there, of course, for that. But what, yeah, a, a nice lump, lump of steak or something, isn't it? Uh, yeah, mainly chicken. Oh, I love, everyone loves chicken. <laughs> I know, or turkeys. Yeah, yeah, well, that's that's great. So, so Peter, the other thing you were talking about, particularly when when we met with you in Adelaide, is this whole conservation um, element of what you do. It's obviously a big thing uh, for zoos to work together to ensure the survival of, uh, well, the white rhino and things like that have obviously been an issue. Uh, yeah. Tell me tell the area that you're working in. I, I know that Adelaide Zoo is renowned for its panda program. Unfortunately, we haven't managed to breed any here yet, but um, what else are you doing, uh, particularly at Monato? Well, our focus at both zoos is, is on uh, working in Australia with native animals, and we've got about... I think there's nearly 14 programs that we're working on breeding and releasing uh, animals uh, back into areas where they formerly lived. And then overseas, uh, we work uh, with um, good projects in countries where some of our animals come from. So in our case, uh, we have several connections in Africa where we work with people that are protecting rhinos, um, chimpanzees, some of the or groups of carnivores, giraffe, uh, cheetahs, for example. So we have connections for those animals um, that we can't be directly involved in in recovery programs for right. because you know we we don't live there, but we support groups that do work with them. But in Australia, we uh, we've been very much involved in uh, bringing back quite a few species especially to South Australia, but we also work with, for example, the Tasmanian government with Tasmanian devils. Uh, yeah. We work with the Western Australian people with breeding the, probably the rarest tortoise in Australia. So we do um, things that with animals that people probably don't even recognise, stick nests, rats, uh, planes, mice, um, you know, uh, woilies, um, you know, the bandicoots, all sorts of things. Bilbies, of course, is a yeah. famous one Very because... Famous, yeah. Yeah, all Australia, South Australians' bilbies died out in the 1930s, and oh. and virtu- and there's several thousand back in the state now, um, and they all originally uh, 
Well, they originated from uh, breeding at Monado Zoo, so oh, okay. then Zoo, now it's a safari park. Right. So um, you've also got another project, I understand, to just try and help the Asian elephant. Tell us about that. Is that something that corporates could get involved in if they wanted to? Uh, oh, certainly. No, oh, certainly. We, we're, um, we're actually in the midst of planning a, a new elephant project here at Monado. We've uh, we were contacted by a couple of zoos who um, had elephants, and they were um, because of the loss of either one of the, you know, the elephants, or uh, you know, due to age and everything like that. Mm. Um, they were probably in a social situation which, um, you know, could be improved quite a lot, and so um, the these zoos recognised that and. Um, have been trying to find a home to put these elephants um, so that they can be in more of a, a herd situation. So, so we have um, uh, just recently had a um, money drive, I guess, a, a funding drive to see if we can get together the amount of money we needed to uh, make this a reality, and uh, that's been successful now. So, um, we've going to be home to three elephants, one from New Zealand and two from Western Australia, and then we would like to build that number up till we get to a, sort of at least five. So we're building, we're designing a, um, a an area which is very large and um, it's sort of based around the area that we formerly held an elephant here back in the 90s, uh, Samoan. That was the last elephant in South Australia, living in South Australia. Right. So it's been 30 years pretty much since, um, close to 30 years since we've had elephants here. Mm. It's quite exciting for everybody here, of course. Um, you know, they are huge animals and uh, they come with a whole set of, uh, of different parameters, I guess, when it comes to keeping animals in zoos and safari parks. Uh, something that we've... Um, haven't had to to work with for quite a while, so we're obviously getting um, quite a lot of assistance from the staff that uh, currently manage those elephants. And uh, yeah, so it's it's all very good, very exciting. But we are obviously looking for for more partners in this because elephants are not uh, not the cheapest thing to to manage and look after. And they eat a fair bit, I believe. They do. They eat a lot, and they <laughs> and if they if they if something goes wrong with them, then they take a lot of medicine to fix them up too because yeah. of their size. So, no, um, rare, exciting, and uh, it's it's a. Uh, if anybody is interested in in helping out in that way, then uh, you know there's quite a lot of information around on the website as well. Zoosa.com.au. Yeah, that's the generic one, and then Monado is a slash at the end, I think. Slash so, Monado. Yeah. Okay. Just uh, just finally wanted to ask you: uh, is the is the weather at Monado is that conducive to most? Like, obviously, snow leopards aren't going to be there, but is it conducive to most types of animal that you want to keep? Uh, it is. We. You know, we, we vary in uh, temperature here. I think the extremes that I know of are about minus 4 to 48, I think. Right. And um, there are quite a few places. For example, you know, just coming back from from Africa, you know, it's it's some some parts of the year at least are not unlike what it would be, say, in Kruger National Park. Right. Um, they're a little bit more, um, you know, uh, I guess the 
they do have the Tropic of uh, yeah, Capricorn go through them. But the tropics, we, yeah. yeah, but at this time of the year, it's very, very similar. And, of course, there's quite a lot of parks which are going down towards Cape Town too, and Cape Town is pretty much where I think we're on the same uh, latitude line as they are. So, right. no, it's pretty good. And, and, of course, we, being a, um, a safari park, you know, we actually uh, do provide uh, all sorts of levels of of uh, extra care for our animals, uh, you know, including off-limit facilities and, uh, you know, where appropriate, we, we provide heating. Certainly in the case of the elephants, there's going to be a need for uh, water, a lot of water. And formerly, we didn't have that here at Monado, but we've been lucky enough to work, uh, work out a wonderful sponsorship with SA Water. Uh, which gives us some of their allocation of raw water. So, okay. uh, so that is just a game changer for us, and it means that these elephants will be able to go bathing, swimming, doing what they normally do. Which, you know, Asian elephants especially, uh, you know, love to to be involved in. So, um, we're we're confident that uh, we'll be able to uh, to provide the conditions, the best conditions for them here, and and the same goes with our other animals. I mean. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these animals are used to obviously living outside, but um, <clears throat> we uh, we do tend to provide extras for them a lot, you know, just to make sure that their comfort levels are good mm. and their welfare remains great. Oh, so. that sounds fantastic. Well, it's school holidays uh, coming up around the country, so I guess if people are driving to Adelaide, a great spot to stop off on the way would be the Monado Safari Park. Um, and you can also go to Adelaide and go to the zoo there, which I've only relatively recently come back from, and I can assure people that's a terrific place to, to visit, uh, particularly the pandas are very, very popular there. What's the story in the pandas, Peter? We, are we getting some more, or uh, what's, what's happening? Uh, any, we're, any we're, we're, well, we're working on it, and, um, yeah, we're not sure, of course. We can't say yes or no, but... Uh, Certainly, there's a, there's a genuine interest in uh, in maintaining them in South Australia. So, uh, watch the space, I guess. But um, um, we're very hopeful that we might be able to negotiate something. Well, we're getting uh, more Chinese visitors, so maybe the maybe the uh, powers that be over there will let us have a couple of long stay visitors. <laughs> yeah, no, we we hope so too. We uh, everybody sort of uh, loves the pandas, and uh, and so do we. So. We hope they're they're around for a fair bit longer. Graham Kimlo speaking with Peter Clark of Monato Safari Park in South Australia. You can check it out at zoosa.com.au. This is the Travel Writer Show on J Air eighty eight FM in Melbourne.